carrying out orthodontics is radiographs, uh, temporomandibular joint assessment, uh, periodontal probing, a periodontal diagnosis. Where is that in the workflow? So essentially what I'm asking, Dr. Atrai, is if someone doesn't see you and goes to perhaps one of the pop-up shops uh, uh, in the street, what is the workflow? And do you think there's, there's something that should be improved in the workflow? And let's just learn about the workflow first, I think, before we yeah. can then, as dentists, maybe critique that. So what I want to tell you is... Welcome to the Protrusive Dental Podcast, the forward-thinking podcast for dental professionals. Join us as we discuss hot topics in dentistry, clinical tips, continuing education, and adding value to your life and career. With your host, Jazz Gulati. Hello, British Rati. I'm Jazz Galati, and welcome back to the most difficult interview I've ever had to do. When the opportunity first came to discuss with a representative from Smile Direct Club, you can imagine my initial thought. I was like, no way, Jose, I'm not giving them any airtime, right? That was the initial thought. And then I just paused and I thought, okay, this is an opportunity. So I posted this about this invitation to our group on Facebook, Protrusive Down Community. And oh my God, you guys are hilarious. The amount of stuff you guys came out with saying, do this, do that, ask them this, some real tough questions and whatnot. And then Jonathan Doran, uh, one of my buddies, one of the producer RT, he made an awesome comment, right? And, and it got me thinking, okay? So amongst all of them, I'm gonna read his comment out. It says, if you think Smile Direct Club are doing something wrong, as most dentists do, then why not have them on and debate it? They're already here and providing the treatment whether you do or not. It would be an interesting break from the usual format, which you know I, I love already. And it would genuinely like to see them come on and have a discussion in good faith. And that was the most beautiful thing. So Jonathan, thank you so much because that really helped me. And it was a, a guiding comment for me in terms of how I'm gonna approach this interview. Cause look, I'm gonna be straight up with you all. A, I don't wanna get sued. Okay, I want this podcast. I want to be able to feed my family in the future as a dentist. So I don't want to get sued by anyone for any kind of thing, defamation, right? So I'm, I came and I approached this podcast in a sensitive way. And I feel as though, would I have asked certain questions in a different way had I seen Dr. Atai, Dr. Payam Atai, our, our guest, and he was lovely. So thanks so much for being so lovely, Dr. Payam Atai. So had I, would I have asked him in a different way had I known him a bit better and also uh, in, a, in a private situation, not in a publicly aired podcast? Yes, I would have asked in a completely different way. But to preserve the good faith and good nature of a debate, and because at the end of the day, yes, he's a representative of Smile Direct Club, but he's a human. And you know, when you're smiling back at me, I didn't feel like making him feel bad. So that's the angle I came up with. Now, we do discuss concerns about patient safety, because for me, the way I'm approaching it is very much the same as Jonathan. Smile Direct Club are here to stay, whether we like it or not, they're here. In fact, when I watch uh, cricket, I watch uh, the, the, only, the only thing I watch on TV is cricket uh, and on Sky Sports, every fifth commercial was Smile Direct Club. So they are everywhere. They're on TikTok, they're on uh, TV adverts. All our patients, by the time they've come to see me for an Invisalign consultation, they've seen the adverts. They know about Smile Direct Club. So my agenda is how can we raise the patient's safety? Because what I don't want to see is people, patients, because people are our, people are our patients, right? them having suffering or having problems because they have problems even with my treatment and your treatment, let's face it, right? Orthrontic treatment doesn't always go, uh, even by a specialist, you know, there's always some complications. But as long as treatments are done with the patient safety being number one concern, 
then that is the most important thing. So I do challenge Dr. Atai on patient safety. And so the this episode is, is here for you to listen to and enjoy and for you to make up your own conclusions about what you feel. And you need to kind of read between the lines and I encourage you to be open-minded and, and learn because I think at the, at the very least, let's learn about the workflow of Smart Direct Club so that we know where they're coming from and how it may actually suit certain patients, but why there is this friction and animosity between Smart Direct Club and dentists and what the future may hold. The protrusive dental pearl I have for you is related to orthodontics. And one of the things that we discuss is that uh, those patients who go on to have Smart Direct Club uh, aligners or retainers, they do it without attachments and they do it without IPR. So this is interesting and I and I and, and really crazy. They have something called nighttime aligners. Pew, blew my mind, right? So I discuss about that and I probe about that and I challenge about that and I request about that, that we need research thereafter. So if this is gonna be working, if nighttime aligners for less than 12 hours is an option and it's working and it's out there, then I want to know when, as for the in, you know, in the interest of science and the progression of dentistry, I want to know what cases it works for, uh, what the success rate is, etc. So as an opportunity for research. But just backing up a little bit now, the tip for IPR, very basic. But if you're an experienced aligner practitioner, then you know this already. But some of the dentists listen; they might be new to aligners, new to Invisalign, new to you know insert brand of uh, of aligners. When you are told that you need to do some IPR, and I've said this like four or five times on the podcast before, I'm sure I have, but I think I'm gonna say it because I, I met a dentist the other day uh, and he was like, oh my God, I had the longest appointment ever. I had to do so much IPR. Do you know how difficult it is to do 0.5 millimeters IPR between every tooth, between six to six? And uh, it took me like an hour and a half and the patient was in agony and you know. So the, the, the problem is my friend, my colleague here approached the situation that he thought when on the on the clean check because he was he was using Invisalign, when it went yellow 0.5, he thought, okay, today I need to make 0.5. Okay, this is not true, guys. Okay, all that yellow means is that there's a collision that's about to happen, and so you need to create some space. So you need to do you know 0.1, 0.2, get some space. Okay, and then a few weeks later you can do another 0.1, 0.2. In terms of efficiency then there is so much more efficient if you're actually clever in your planning of your IPR and your clean check to actually plan it so that a lot of the IPR happens in one go when the contact is more aligned and then you can get a better quality of IPR as well rather than doing it sequentially at different times. So you can be clever in the planning. Uh, so there's so much more I can go into in IPR. Now, if you haven't already checked out the ultimate IPR episode, please do. Something I'm really proud of. I spent loads of time to make and it covers the main different ways of doing IPR in one episode and clinical videos etc and I, and I discuss more about planning orthodontics and IPR so do check that one out and now let's join our much anticipated episode with Dr. Paya Matai, a representative of Smile Direct Club Aligners. Can you believe it? It's happening. Here you go. Dr. Paya Matai, welcome to the Protrusive Dental Podcast. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me. It's, it's great and this is a, a real opportunity here for dentists to learn more about the current trends in aligners, about the, you know, the Smile Direct Club, let's just, uh, you know, talk about the elephant in the room. Smile Direct Club has come along and a lot of dentists have got scared and worried. Uh, and it's a great opportunity to have a, a bridge, a discussion here today, which will be the, the main meat of what we're discussing. So I'm very excited to, to get into that. When I told my community that um, someone who works very closely with SDC will be with us today, they got very excited. Yes, we had some comments of concern and whatnot. I said, listen, you know, one of Stephen Covey's habits uh, for, successful, for success was seek first to understand 
and then to be understood. So I'm really looking forward to having our discussion. Now, please just uh, describe your role and also what it, what it is that you do and where you're based and just a little bit about yourself, Dr. Atai. Sure, yeah. So I'm based in Orange County, Southern California, United States. And uh, I've been treating patients with clear liners a little over 19 years. I was one of the early adopters when, uh, if you remember, clear liners were uh, born and with Invisalign and kind of mass produced in a way. Um, so I was one of the early adopters. I became faculty at Align, kind of had a teaching position for 14 years with Align. And um, as you kind of grow in the aligner space and your patients kind of grow with you, um, I noticed that uh, there's other options coming in the market, you know, being, you know, Smile Direct Club being one of them. And these options and opportunities instead of me kind of shying away from them, I wanted to find out what it's all about. So for the past uh, year, year and a half now, a couple of years now, I've been um, offering Smile Direct Club as one of uh, additional aligner services that I also offer to my patients with, you know, Invisalign and other, uh, Strawman now has ClearCorrect. So there's mo multiple um, aligners that fit different modalities of patient treatments. And do you exclusively do uh, orthodontics and aligners, or do you are you a, a generalist? Because uh, I, I remember I just saw recently a video on YouTube you talking about I think uh, sleep apnea, uh, which is a very yeah. good uh, video by the way. You present yourself really well. Uh, tell yeah. us about you know is that all you do or is it more to it? Yeah, so I'm a general practitioner. So I do um, practice general dentistry, drilling, filling, crowns. Just a few minutes ago, I just got done doing a class two that I thought was going to be simple, and it turned into be a big, deep decay. So I still do general dentistry. I do a crown and bridge. And yes, uh, sleep apnea is one of the uh, things that uh, I got and started treating patients about 14 years ago. Because when you start to do aligners, you're going to notice that these removable type of appliances, like clear aligners or, or anti-snoring, if you will, kind of open the other avenues of not just drill and fill, but patients you start to see airway, you start to see uh, better uh, oral care. So now you start to going whole health and full body. Absolutely agree. When I did my orthodontic diploma, the first thing I started to notice in people was beyond the teeth. I started to notice people's faces more, uh, you know, who's long face, who's short face and all these things. That was uh, the most biggest revelation when I started to learn more about orthodontics. So I completely agree with you there. So first question, generic question, uh, Dr. Atai is, what are the current market trends for clear liners? Like we've seen a boom, right? Like, uh, and I don't know how far back this goes. You've been in the game way longer than I have. Uh, and do, are we going to expect this boom to continue? What is what is the current state of play in that rod? Yeah, absolutely. Look, when I first started talking about aligners, and this is back in 2003, talking to dentists and just general practitioners and some orthodontists that look, there's this plastic appliance that you can kind of put in and upright teeth and kind of move them around and these minor, at that time, minor movements can create volumes of beautiful smiles. And, you know, it wasn't really accepted until about maybe 2010, when all of a sudden you saw aligners being pitched on the media. Um, you know, obviously social media wasn't as, as big, but still had its growth in marketing. So patients started to kind of look at their smiles as instead of veneering, because remember, 2008, 2009, 2010, it was all about veneers. You know, what kind of, how thin is the veneers? How, how Da Vinci veneers, uh, Emacs's that was starting to get brought in. And then I, I remember at one point we talked about those ceramic crowns, ceramic crowns. You mean no gold? How's that possible? How are you going to cement it? So, <laughs> you know, when you start to see that, that rise of patient education, and you start to notice that, you know, the aligners are really in demand now. I mean, they're discreet, they're easy, and I see it on, on the rise. And I, you know, when you start to look at the math and when even Invisalign's numbers that they say we've only treated 10% of the population, 
you know, 10% is all that they've really penetrated, that's 90% left to be treated that have malocclusion of some sort. So I think it's on the rise. I think that clear liners are going to be the right, uh, right there with, with, with white fillings. I mean, they're just kind of escalating to a point where a lot of companies now are delivering this. Even now you see with Smile Direct Club, remote and having those uh, teledentistry kind of on the rise as well. Well, I've seen the obviously trends increase in general practice, but also amongst specialists. I know plenty of specialists who initially our specialist community perhaps was a bit resistant to accept clear aligners. And then what I found is speaking to some colleagues that actually they've moved to no longer doing fixed appliances. They're specialists, but they're no longer doing fixed appliances. And they just choose to niche themselves into being just the best dam there is in clear aligner therapy. I think that that talks, uh, that speaks a lot of volume, actually. Let me add that because advances in actual technology. I mean, think about the treatment plan software. I mean, look at the advancements where we're at in 3D. So I'm glad that they're considering themselves removables. I think removables is the way to go, honestly. But go on, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, please, that, that, that's a, I'm very welcome for interjections like that, that's good. So uh, dentists are concerned about Smile Direct Club uh, as competition. So the competition being that, okay, look, I'm, I'm a general dentist, an orthodontist, uh, and now uh, there's a feeling of animosity because the dentists feel like uh, we're being undercut. Uh, and that now, uh, you know, on social media, dentists say, oh, DIY aligners or mail order aligners to try and make it seem, or just try and just refer to STC aligners as, as inferior, if you like. So they try and yeah. use different terms, whatnot. We don't have to go through all of them. But yeah. why do you think the animosity, where do you think the animosity comes from? Is it just because dentists feel like financially they're, they're, they're now getting a smaller slice of the pie? So. Let's go back to about a year and a half, two years ago when I had the same feelings. So the main reason why I wanted to look under the hood and see what it is that Smile Direct does, um, because you only see the, 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 the cheap in price or the, you know, the reality is that patients tend to go towards something inexpensive rather than us being the expensive route. And then you start to dem demographically look at these patients. Well, when I first had engagements with Smile Direct Club, I realized, look, it's not justified for us to be um, worried because if anything, the amount of marketing and dollar that they spent in educating patients, not every patient is a candidate for Smile Direct Club. So here's the fact. The fact is that Smile Direct Club only treats those minor movements. You're talking, you know, the social six. They're not correcting crossbites. They're not doing full class twos or class three type orthodontics. And a lot of times those patients actually get rejected. And guess where they go back to? Us. So the patient already knows they don't qualify for a $2,000 deal. And now they know that they tried every avenue not to pay that $2,000. And guess what? Now they've been kind of I like to say now they're a warm lead, right? So for us, when you start to look at the overall patient IQ, look, they're starting to get smarter. I mean, this, this idea of social media has really got to a point where my 14-year-old says, hey, dad, are you giving me Smile Direct Club? Are you giving me Invisalign? Are you giving me Smile? What are you giving me? You're 14. How the heck do you know? I mean, he might have heard me <laughs> say these things, but his social media folks are talking. His 14-year-old friends are talking. So I don't think they're undercutting. If anything, I think they're helping increase that patient IQ with the amount of marketing dollars they spent. And I, out of 10 patients, how many of them are really a candidate? Probably about three. Guess what happens to the rest? That's like seven of them that are going to come back to our labs. We as practitioners have to be prepared to have the conversation. Look, it's a great tool. It may not be for you, but it 
serves a purpose for those underserved minor social six tooth movements that patients are looking for. They're not looking for perfection. If good is good enough, that they're happy with that, there's the $2,000. But be prepared for you to pick up the difference of patients that are coming to your practice rather than cutting them off and say, you know, as a matter of fact, I joined what's called a partner network in their, in their group where they actually send the patients over to me. I get to have a crack at them for fillings, crowns, because they've been advertising this $2,000 deal. Patients are coming in to get a scan or an impression. And guess what they walk out with? An idea of their cavity, their tooth, and maybe or maybe not, they'll be a candidate. But they hope that they will be. And guess what happens when they're not a candidate? They come back to my practice for full price fee. I think that's where we're missing the boat. We're missing those, I cannot spend millions of dollars advertising my practice, but I can join a company that does. I just wanted to agree straight away because um, there might be some things in this podcast that we disagree with and l- let's do that uh, in a in, in good camaraderie and good spirit to, to have a good educational discussion today. But I have to agree that the presence and marketing that Smart Direct Club have brought, like, you know, the awareness and I do think that is fueled over the past few years how many conversations we're having with our patients regarding orthodontics and straight teeth. So I would definitely give that as a, you know, as a, as a bonus thing and I think, you know, lots of dentists are worried and concerned Concern and stuff, but for sure, um, a lot of dentists may not have considered that the free marketing they're kind of getting uh, <laughs> is there. Okay, so let's, yeah, I completely wholeheartedly agree with that. You mentioned about some cases being uh, rejected and maybe three out of 10. So that's really interesting to know because one question further down as a, as a spin off was do you know what percentage of applicants it, it turns down because they're not suitable for treatment? Yeah, so um, the, I know that I can give you based on my experience. So patients are going online. My office happens to land in their zip code. They come in to get a scan or an impression. And I, sent, I, I mean, I see some of them that there's no way in heck that they're going to you know, qualify because you're talking three or four millimeters of movements that Smile Direct really accommodates. Um, and I don't want to burst their bubbles because I don't want them to think I'm trying to sell them my office. So I can tell you out of 10, I've literally have seen about three to four get accepted with Smile Direct Club. And the rest either. So every 10 that come to you as, as the sort of a middle man between you right. and, and Smile Direct Club uh, and them getting it, three, right. out of the, three to four out of those 10 will actually be eligible based on their malocclusion to have the treatment. Right. Okay. Absolutely. That's really fascinating. That, that, that's, uh, that's fascinating. And, and okay, I didn't mind. know that. Are you enjoying the Protrusive Dental Podcast? Well, allow me to deliver you even more value. You can now download the iOS or Play Store app for free. Just search Protrusive on your app platform. Now, if you're a true Protrusive and you want to support the podcast, you want to claim CPD for all the listening and watching that you do, you want to get access to exclusive clinical walkthrough videos to make dentistry tangible, as well as a premium newsletter, access to the Protrusive Vault, and the ability to download all the clinical videos and podcast videos so you can view them offline later, you can get all of that for less than 15 tax-deductible dollars per month. So what are you waiting for? Download the Protrusive app now on iOS or Android for absolutely nothing we work so hard on this protrusive team and i know you're just gonna love it now back to the main episode keep in mind they have state licensed doctors that look over these patients right so they have their own treatment planning software that their state licensed doctors are looking at and if their doctors don't feel comfortable they want an x-ray they want some other information again the patient comes back to me and at that point, if the patient hasn't been accepted, they get, I think, like three rounds of doctors to look at them. You know that these Smile Direct doesn't want to say no to money. Let's just be honest here. They're going to say yes, but their doctors, those 
seven that did not get treatment is probably because their doctors didn't feel comfortable. So when you say do it yourself or do it yourself type of a scenario, it's really, I like to market that as a telemedicine. The doctor's still behind the wheel. Now the phone calls and all the little attachments and IPRs, okay, that's all out of the way. So in my mind, if you look at a patient in your practice out of 10 of them, how many of them have minor movements? That fits right in that Smile Direct Club category, that four to, you know, three to four patients. Well, that, I think it's well and good patients coming to see you. You've got so much experience and, uh, you know, general dentists and I, I, get, you know, I get a feel for what you're about and stuff. That's good. But what about the patients that go to a uh, pop-up shop uh, in, yeah. in the mall, high street, wherever, uh, and they never get to see a dentist face to face? So let's, let, let's, let's talk about this. There is a concern because one, some of the things that I would check before carrying out orthodontics is radiographs, uh, temporomandibular joint assessment, uh, periodontal probing, a periodontal diagnosis. Where is that in the workflow? So essentially what I'm asking Dr. Try is if someone doesn't see you and goes to perhaps one of the pop-up shops uh, uh, in the street, what is the workflow? And do you think there's, there's something that should be improved in the workflow? And let's just learn about the workflow first, I think, before we yeah. can then, as dentists, maybe critique that. So what I want to tell you is I'm basically a pop-up shop, right? I'm when, I, when we talk about the partner network, that's given the, 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 the way that's the olive branch has been extended from Smile Direct Club to the general practitioners and orthodontists say, look, we're more than happy to refer these patients to your office. These are our consumer patients. You scan them, you send them, but if there's cavities or fillings or cleanings, go ahead and do it. Let us and our doctors make the decision. So here's the way it works, the workflow. The patient, either they send their impression at a pop-up shop, my office, or at home, they send it in and that 3D um, software the doctor gets to look at. If it's a scenario where the movements are beyond what Smile Direct Club has within their own system, they then reject the patient or tell the patient, I've seen this, it's an email that goes, we're not 100% confident that your smile can be reached and here's the best you're gonna get. Some patients are like, that's fine with me. They went from here to here, they're okay with it. But some patients say, no, I want something more. So they're given that opportunity because the doctors behind the wheel are the ones that say yes or no. From there, these pop-up shops or at home or my office, they're just a center to scan. Just like how as an orthodontist, you go somewhere to do a Ceph, right? The reality is their software and the doctors are who's behind the, the wheel. Now, I can tell you, I've had some cases that patients have come in. They're like in the middle of treatment. And I look at that patient, I go, this was an ideal patient. Why? The two teeth are banging against each other. There's some mobility going on. As you know, time, space, and pressure, that pressure is, needs to get maybe interapproximated. And I look and I say, all it needs is an IPR. But the patient hasn't been told I IPR. The patient accepted, and I look at their video, and I'm like, wait, the video shows that the tooth still has an overlap. And the patient says, yeah, I know, but I thought they would fix that meaning that the patient saw the movement but still wanted to override that movement. That's the main problem. The main problem is how do we get the patients to understand? And I know Smile Direct Club is doing a good job at educating the patients. I just don't feel that the patients understand what they're really getting because the movement they show clearly, you're going from here to here, is that good enough? Patient says, that is good, but maybe I can push a little bit more. Maybe I can get, you know, I'm going to be okay with this, but maybe because they say like, remember, Smile Direct Club says lifetime aligners. So what is what, what, what happens is the reality is not the pop-up shop, not the doctor, but the patient education part of it. 
And that's what I see Smile Direct Club really doing now. I see them now saying, hey, here's, I see before I used to see these big fat spaces and they're closing them. Now I see these minor spaces. I see these minor movements. I think they're starting to now catch on to show, hey, patients, these are the cases that will be ideal for you to kind of come over for us to help treat. I don't know if that helps you any. No, that that does. Uh, and in your evaluation of that case that you described where perhaps it, it, it could have benefited from IPR, it make, makes sense. But again, I, when they come and see you, that's great. But let's say they go to a um, mall and they have a, a scan. At what point does the I mean, the, the doctor, do they get to see, A, do they get to see clinical images? Do they get radiographs? Do they get periodontal probings? Do they get a joint assessment? Do they get to see the biotype of oh, okay. the gingiva? At what point does that ha does that happen to someone who doesn't come through you? Because you you can't blind yourself. You're going to look at that, right? So wh where does that happen when they do the impression themselves? At what point does a does a doctor uh, have uh, input on that? Yeah. So if you're doing minor movements, for me, if the tooth and scan show a healthy tooth structure, then I'm going to maybe just simple closure through two or three millimeters. I'm fine with no x-rays because I have a 3D or a, a scan of that patient. But there's times when they ask x-rays. There's times when they ask for the, for the patients to go be seen. For instance, an open bite or a, there are certain cases that these patients have to now go outside the mall and get those additional radiographs or films. How many of those cases are like that? Again, I go back to that, my experience that, you know, we... I can tell you one or two times they've requested x-rays on cases that have been really simple. I'm like, wait a minute, I don't need x-rays for that even in my own practice. But the doctor wanted it for some reason. Maybe it was an uprighting of a molar they were doing or maybe bicuspid movements. But because it's the six anterior teeth, typically radiographs and those TMDs, I mean, think about it. If you're just moving as an orthodontist, if you're just bringing teeth back, you're not moving bicuspids or molars and you're just reclining back a few millimeters, I don't know if x-ray or CEPH is needed. We're talking, what, 16 aligners at most, maybe 10 aligners at most, less than three months. These are the type of treatments we're talking about. Beyond that, I've seen them request x-rays and prairie probing and additional information. Now, does the patient follow up with it? No. I've seen patients come to my practice saying, you know what, just, just, I don't, I, just tell me how much your cost is. Again, they educated the patient. Now the patient got burnt out and is finally coming to do the work through a potential practitioner. So I see it in both realms. Uh, I have not seen pop-up shops necessarily take x-rays, but then again, it's up to the doctor, the clinician, to request it if should they wish. My only concern is like, you, from a scan, you can't tell who uh, has got periodontal bone loss because sometimes you get pocketing six millimeters and you, you think the gingiva is fine. So what about those patients that could be, because we don't want to be doing orthodontic movements uh, on teeth uh, that are obviously are involved in active periodontal disease. And the other uh, um, scenario to discuss as dentists here, because this is a dental podcast, you know, this is not for patients, is yeah. trauma, history of trauma. So one of the things I will check for uh, amongst all the things is, okay, have you ever had trauma before? Because then you're significantly at risk of um, root resorption if you've had uh, trauma as part of orthodontic treatment. We know that. So is that part of the, the, the screening uh, within, uh, within Smile Direct Club? Uh, and if so, great. If, if not, then perhaps we, that needs to be a discussion that we should have as, as, as clinicians who want to, at the end of the day, it's all about patient safety at the end of the day. So let's talk about Smile Direct Club, what they provide. They provide a portal. Uh, they provide a process for clinicians 
state licensed clinicians. They have a few hundred of them, but for them to look at the photos, look at those 3D scans, look at from all different angles of the patient's really gum tissue, if they want and want to request a perioprobe or an x-ray, they can. Remember, Smile Direct Club, what they've done really well is they've kind of created this process and software and an app where the patient 24-7 has access to a, a doctor or to a call center. Think about it. Even in my office, I'm working Monday to Wednesdays, Thursdays, half days. They only have access to me at that time, right? So Smile Direct Club provides this, this basic portal, if you will, and process. What the doctor does with it is, like in your case, you look for trauma. In your case, you look for periodontal issues. And if the scan is not enough, then they do request for that. I think that's the misconception that doctors don't know. And I didn't know. I didn't know that there's actually a doctor behind every case. There is. Now, some mm -hmm. doctors have dedicated their entire practice to this. Some doctors are actually practicing orthodontists. Few of them I actually met. Now, there was a meeting that I got to meet a few of what they called ELPs. And these are doctors within the Smile Direct. Uh, network and they've been kind of like really proactive about fine-tuning at what case are we going to ask for like x-rays at what case do we you know if it's just simply closing do we really need because the the scan images is a really good image you can see gum tissue you can see puffy gums but if you see red puffy gums and on the photos red puffy gums are there even at the pop-up shop you're taking photos then they're going to request that. And that's what the portal allows them to do. Some dentists will say that, well, what kind of system is this? Because aligners don't work without IPR and attachments. What would you say right. for that? So here's been my experience. Um, for rotations, 20 degrees or more, you're going to need an attachment. For extrusions, you're going to need an attachment. For short clinical crowns, you're going to need an attachment. Um, IPR, if you've got teeth that are overlapping, and even if you have greater than four millimeters of overlap, you know, I, and just for your doctors listening, I just use the, the, the dummy version of a perioprobe. You know, I just show it to my patients. Look, here's a perioprobe. Here's what three millimeters looks like. I put that horizontally over their teeth. And if I could show them, this has got two or three millimeters of overlap. This is going to be an area where it's going to be a problem. We may need an attachment. We may need to put your teeth on a diet, IPR. You know, I kind of say that to them. Smile Direct Club, if you notice, a lot of their cases are spacing cases. A lot of their cases that go through the treatment are this minor overlap. There's no extrusions, very limited posterior movements, very little rotations. So when you look at the type of patients and you look at the before and afters on their social media posts, you're going to notice, oh, these are like four or five month type, six, less than six month treatments. But the image that the dentist has is they're treating everybody. Well, that's not true because you have at least what 70% of patients out there that have class one bite with minor crowding less than four millimeters. That was one of the aligned statistics that I used to teach all the time. So that's who they've tapped into. They've tapped into that market. Those aligner cases that you do that are three to six month cases, you know, I don't think these patients even want attachments or, or they even want to have that, you know, they're looking for the cosmetic solution. I mean, if it's right? a really simple case and I, if I can do it without attachments uh, in yeah. the odd time, I, I, I would. It makes sense. So uh, it kind of paints a picture of the um, the ideal avatar, ideal case for Smile Direct Club and why why it can work without attachments and IPR. So I, I, I get that. But then it's also, the, the, I guess the danger is patients 
doing something and then not being happy with the end result, but then not really realizing that actually to, to get the desired result, they should have had IPR and they should have had attachments. So how do we educate? The problem is how do we educate the patients so they can make a better informed choice whether they do right. go ahead with a limited outcomes with Smart Rec Club or they get the, 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 the whole cake with by going to a dentist. Just like you said, how can we educate those patients so that they can make better decisions for themselves? So I, I think this is where Smile Direct Club is really making headway with their partner network, right? So the doctor partner network is really their way of saying, guys, look, we're here to help you. We're going to get these patients regardless. We have our doctors. We're going to reject you know, these, these potential six or uh, seven patients potentially. It's going to land maybe on your lap. So if we can at least agree that give us a crack at those simple cases, like myself, I had a patient who had wear war aligners 10 years ago, okay? She didn't wear her retainer. She came to my office and she had started getting diastema between her anterior incisors and a little bit of rotation on the lower anterior crowding, right? So I asked her, I says, have you been wearing your retainer? Oh no, I lost it. I'm so sorry, da 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 da. All right, well, you know, what am I gonna quote her? Uh, it's gonna be another 5,000, it's gonna be another 2,000, it's gonna be another 10 aligners, 15 aligners. And she felt as if I owed her aligners because she paid me already. Now remember, she did this 10 years ago. And I'm looking at her, I'm like, you know what? I have a perfect uh, solution to your problem. She says, what is it? I said, you're gonna need retainers. Retainers are at least 500 bucks. You're gonna need at least some sort of an office interject, which it's gonna be at least a thousand bucks on my end. I'm gonna give you this opportunity of using Smile Direct Club. You get your retainers, you get your, and you have the treating doctor. I'm still your doctor for your everything else, but because you weren't a good patient and didn't wear your retainer, I don't feel comfortable charging you another fee. But guess what? All of this is built in for you, and they get lifetime aligners. That was a perfect candidate because she had a small diastema, a little rotation. That would have worked less than three, four months changing her aligners. And she wanted to only wear it at night. They have this nighttime aligner that worked perfectly for her. This is where Smile Direct Club has really done well in my practice because now I know that there are certain patients. A, it's affordable. B, it's remote. The patient is a, is a rep. It's funny. The patient's a dental rep, by the way. Uh, <laughs> should have known better to wear the retainer. <laughs> typical. typical. <laughs> She's always traveling. And so this, this remote version and the telemedicine really helps her. There's an app 24-7. She can reach someone because she told me, oh, I tried calling your office. And, and 10 years ago, I gave you a line. You tried calling my office? Like when? Right? So I think there's room for growth if this partner network is a tool to help educate these patients, in my opinion. Well, please educate me because uh, what, is, what does it mean by lifetime aligners? What does that mean? So SDC, Smile Direct Club, gives lifetime aligners. So let's say they lose their aligners, they don't wear the retainer, teeth shifts, they'll do it again for them at no charge. Wow. So this is essentially... That's as of, okay, that's that's as of today. Things could change, but that's as of today. Okay, so let's say that um, a patient has correction and they wear their retainers for like six months and let's say it was a rotation and typically a rotation will relapse and yeah. it was the patient's own uh, bad cho life choice not to wear their retainer that they yeah. can just pick up the phone and be like, hey, I have a, give me some more aligners, okay? Is, is that essentially the way? 
That's what happens. And I think it's, they might do a $90 charge for additional retainers, but for aligner tooth movements, uh, currently they're not charging the patients. I can't do that so in my practice. Th 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 this is, yeah, we can't, we can't do that. But this is uh, splitting me of how I feel about this because A, I feel like, wow, this is amazing for patients who are just, you know, because patients have relapse all the time. So firstly, as, as a consumer, wow. But as, as a doctor, as a dentist, my concern is, it's, it's almost encouraging uh, a bad behavior. It's encouraging repeat orthodontics, which is uh, obviously associated with risks, gingival risks, resorption risks. So I, I, I don't, I'm not quite sure how I feel. As a consumer, I feel great. As a doctor whose paramount importance is patient safety, lifetime aligners, I can see why they do it, but you know, that is almost like an encouraging behavior. How do you feel right. about that? Well, so look, I, I'm sure that they put some parentheses in that. I'm sure that not every patient's going to go through. But from a clinical standpoint, I know aligners are the safest, right? So we talked about root resorption. There hasn't been a single indication of the tooth just stops tracking, right? The aligner pops up. So there's no real bone hitting the, the apex of the root and the root getting resorbed. Uh, periodontal issues. Let's say the patient had to have a crown done or had to have, as you said, some other dental treatments. Is it really fair to the patient to pay something? You know, when you say lifetime lines, you got to think about what the patient's necessities were because during the life of the patient, they're going to go through some dental treatments, right? They're going to go through some sort of filling, maybe some sort of crown, maybe a bridge. So the reality is you've got to kind of look at it in a general sense and not look at it from a, uh, I am always a, a positive person. I'm always like, hey, you know what? That's great. That actually helps. I'm sure there's boundaries because I've heard one of my patients pay 99 bucks again for a retainer. So I'm sure there's some fees associated to it. But the word lifetime to me, what that tells me is not necessarily encouraging bad behavior, but rather the patients are going to be caring more about their teeth. So think about it. And this statistic I can give you, four out of 10 patients, okay, they just did a poll. They said that they brush their teeth, they take better care of their teeth after Smile Direct Club treatment right? Because now they want to protect their investment. So I think it's actually encouraging better oral health rather than encouraging bad behavior because there's a whole parameter that they have to read as to what lifetime aligner means, right? New crown, okay. new this, new that. So I, I, we have to kind of be a little bit more, the complexities of, I guess, patient's mindset is different than us as cl clinicians, right? No, that, and, and, and that helps, and I appreciate that, that answer. Thank you. Um, next thing, as a, someone who does orthodontics, if my patients were wearing their aligners for nighttime only, I, that doesn't sit well with me. I train them, have to wear it 22 hours and stuff. So how does the science within orthodontics, how does that work in terms of nighttime aligners? What's different about these nighttime aligners that allows it to even work at, at a bio, you know, as a biomechanical, biological level? How does tooth movement have, happen uh, for less than 16 hours of, of, of movement or at least 12 hours if it's just nighttime, if it's eight hours? Um, please enlighten me. Right. So much slower pace. That's how it happens. So we need three things that I mentioned. Time space and pressure, right? You put enough pressure, you put enough time, something's gonna move, right? The problem is osteoblastic and osteoclastic activity happen when there's some sort of trauma introduced, they move much faster, right? So if we create some sort of a traumatic event, now you get that cellular activity. If we don't, what happens? You put the pressure, the tooth kind of moves, and hopefully the next aligner 
creates that momentum going and going. So the nighttime aligner torque has been altered. It's their own secret sauce that they put together. I can tell you that I had a patient, again, diastemas are perfect. You know, small, small spacings are, are perfect. I had a patient who wore his aligners. Instead of taking literally three, four months, he took a little longer. It took, I think, nine months for him. But his teeth were closed and it looked fantastic and he was in retention next time I saw him because I see patients once every six months when they're doing these types of treatments for their cleanings. And I think that the torque and the tooth movements, instead of being that traditional 0.25 or the 0.3 millimeters changes. In my mindset, look, as long as they're wearing the aligners a little, thing, a little over 10 hours, you're going to get some sort of movement. Now, how much torque? Believe me, there's pressure built in, right? And there's your trauma as long as they wear it. So... In my mind, I can tell you, I've seen all types of patients. The most compliant ones are the ones that you kind of fit their schedule into your schedule and create a treatment plan based on them. If you tell them, this is the way it is, I'm, I've always done it. I've had a few that have fallen off and they just don't comply. So I think this is a good option for patients that are willing to wear it. They're an attorney in the morning, but at night they get home, they can pop it on, right? Let's try that. And I think time, space, pressure with their torque, it's, I mean, they, they have results. It's a million, was it 1.6 million cases that Smile Direct Club has treated and a fair good share of them have been nighttime. What I would love for to happen um, is an opportunity for research. You know, yeah. wouldn't I mean, because a lot of studies, like imagine you're designing a study and you're like, OK, we're going to uh, give these patients um, like Invisalign aligners uh, from dentists uh, and we're going to compare 18 hours wear, wear, wear versus uh, nighttime only wear. Now, yeah. with my limited knowledge of uh, ethics and, 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 and evidence base, with my limited knowledge, I feel as though that that, that would not pass the ethics committee because they're like, well, um, are they potentially getting a substandard treatment? Because from the from what we know about biomechanics it might not work but because the the SEC are able to to offer this option it's a great opportunity to collect data and then that could then in the future help to inform us in terms of okay which malocclusions which movements which kind of yeah. patients benefited from the nighttime aligners and that could really be a, a massive paradigm shift because to me that means like whoa how is that possible but you've obviously told me that there are patients that are, are happily wearing in retention now after having teeth straightening so i've got to change the way i, I think this and i think it's a, i really do hope there is some documented uh, research that happens from this and 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 presented and i think this is how this is the the bridge between smart direct club and and dentists becoming um stronger which would right. be an opportunity to advance orthodontics and, uh, you know, having shorter time orthodontics is an advancement of, in our field. OK, um, yeah. so I, I hope and if it's not, I would love for you to feed that back to them because we want data. We want um, something to 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 feed and, and change our paradigms. Yeah. So to that, yes, there is actually uh, a, a few uh, opportunities there. There there. Number one, let me just back up 19 years ago when I was doing clear liners. Nobody wanted to participate in any research. It was Invisalign. Invisalign, even the dental board didn't accept it. I actually was, was a, a, got a call from California Dental Board about billing a non-orthodontic appliance to an insurance called MetLife that it's not considered. And what is this Invisalign? What is this, 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 this thing you build, right? So until that has actually been 
accepted until we as clinicians really start to take in and and do what you said of accepting this you won't see much research. However, Smile Direct Club on their own, there's research going on. There's one in South Africa. There's head uh, uh, research uh, R&D that's running it. I'm, in, I'm aware that there's a huge study going on with the whole nighttime aligner versus the, the actual PDL ligament movements. Um, you know, there's a couple of schools that they've gotten involved with, with kind of running these types of different cases. Yes, you're going to see things coming out soon, but it could have been even faster if us as dental dental community would accept it and say, hey, I like to be participant in this R&D. I like to be part because, you know, the, for the first few years, I remember I myself did. I rejected them. I said two thousand dollars. Are you kidding me? Twenty five hundred dollars for, for you're undercutting me. But now that I know what cases they do, how they do it, who their doctors are, I kind of get it. I'm like, yeah, this is actually this could actually work for us for those minor tooth movements. And eventually it could actually be scaled as a good partner for other treatments that I want to give my patients, other clear line of treatments. I mean, again, I'm agnostic of, of who I treat. What's in it for you? And like, for example, if a dentist in the UK or US or whatever decides to become a partner, like a, essentially like a pop-up shop within a dental practice, what's in it uh, for you? Yeah, so we get paid for our time with the scan and, and, and taking those impressions. So we actually get paid for that timeline that we're spending with the patient, just like you would send the patient to a scan, uh, like a CT or, or a CEPH type of a scan, same thing. Um, and financially, it's actually pretty rewarding because what they're paying us is our actual time. Um, and at the same time, we get to have these patients come to our practice. They get to see our office. They get to experience our staff. Some of them have their own dentist and they say, my dentist doesn't agree with me being here. I said, I'm sorry to hear that. If you want to ever change, we're here for you. Otherwise, I send them back to their dentist. We've actually been very successful in gaining, I can tell you, easily, we gain, we get about 15, 20 patients uh, per week that come in for a scan, and we gain over 50% of them as patients. Literally, that you know, for cleanings, for fillings, and you know, I, I have to do an exam. I bring them on a different day to do the exam. We just get the scan done. We don't want them to feel we're upselling them dentistry, but we tell them, hey, if you like and you need a checkup, we'd be love to be your patient, you'd be your uh, dentist for your, uh, and keep you as a patient. So I think that's also an opportunity uh, other than getting paid for our time. One thing I really want to do in this interview is come in a mindset of, of open-mindedness. Uh, and when I when I pitch this to my community, is that okay, I'm going to speaking to a representative of SEC. You can imagine that you're like, okay, say this, say that. And I was like, no, no, I'm going to come in with an open mind uh, and, 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 you know, let's be positive. And, and so far, I think we have, have gained uh, some positives. And I, I hope you felt that I've challenged you as well equally. That, okay, well, is this okay? Is that kosher? And I think that's a good debate to have. Now, yeah, I see that as a benefit for the doctor because automatically I think that most patients who have um, orthodontics from me will benefit from some you know, edge bonding, some composite here and there, and that gives uh, you know, an opportunity to, to get some work done. Sure. That is a, another uh, avenue of, of, of gaining patients, like you said. So I, can, I get it from your perspective uh, how that's happening. So that does clear a few things up for me. How uh, is this model being done worldwide or is it in the US only in terms of yes. uh, partner so, dentists? Yeah, so the partner network gives these patients um, the opportunity to come to the dental offices in the US that I know of. I'm not quite sure internationally or globally what they're doing. I do know that they're planning on rolling it out, but 
for us, it's only a year and a half or so old. I mean, when I came on board, that was the main reason. I, I want what's in it for me. You know, why why would I do this? And 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 you know, there's patients that come in now. Um, sometimes what's called a um, their middle of their treatment, and you know, we still gain them because the reality is some of them say, look. I kind of feel like I need to do more. I, I, I like what they did, but I need to do more. And right away, Smile Direct can either continue as a patient or they can now fast forward to us and we can kind of address maybe they need an implant, maybe they need to do veneers, maybe they need more aligners, and I can now go at a, at a discounted fee for them because they've already paid 2000 So again, it gives a, an opportunity for us. I don't know globally or worldwide if they've rolled it out yet. Um, I hope they have. <laughs> it's a great opportunity. No, but it, it's it's an important question to ask, you know. So how how, how it works and stuff, so people get an, uh, a fair insight into what's happening. So I think in October 2019, it might be 2019 and 2020. Uh, Apparently, California's governor signed a legisl legislation requiring dentists to review recent x-rays before prescribing orthodontic treatment. So, as you know, I would always take PAs or uh, an OPG for, that's just my, my, you know, what I was taught. Uh, and I feel that's good because I want to see the roots and, you know, you, wanna, you don't know which patient is going to get root resorption and stuff. And then Smile Direct Club uh, sued California's dental board, uh, accusing it of trying to squelch the competitive threat. So the, the, the board has filed a motion to dismiss the suit now. And that, that's what happened. So where where is this sort of friction happening between the dental boards and Smile Direct Club, and where is it, because that was a few years ago, where is that movement to now, and are the dental boards a little bit sort of together with Smile Direct Club in terms of, okay, if you're going to be treating patients, let us make it a safer experience now. So where are we in, in that regard? Right, so f based to my knowledge right now, that case has been settled, and they, there is a little bit of kumbaya happening, so the doctors now can ask and the patient can upload images or x-rays of their own if they already have it from their existing or the partner network has been really a big one in California that they've kind of scaled this out. Um, so that opportunity is now where Smile Direct has made some adjustments that the patient can get those x-rays to the uh, treating doctor. Um, and more importantly, other boards are starting to kind of understand this is access to care this is a remote type dentistry it's teledentistry so maybe the doctor can get behind a computer see the patient and request either a visual or a potential radiograph from the patient so it's working out um, a little more positive i know that back in 2019 i'm very well aware of that because that's around the timeline when i started investigating sdc um, but uh, they've, they've settled, and, and again, mo there was another case in another dental board in other states, uh, I want to say New York or somewhere, that's also been. So now there's, the, the boards are kind of, I don't want to say working together with SCC, but they're not as, um, they kind of understand the model that there is a doctor behind the wheel, and that doctor is responsible. So that treating doctor better get the things he needs to or she needs to get to treat this patient versus the the misconception was SDC's doing it and SDC's like look we're we're providing this platform for doctor and patients to come together this telemedicine is what really we've been doing since 2014 but unfortunately you know the boards viewed it that SDC is the one that's treating these patients and finally I think now there's been light shed of how the workflow is and those treating doctors, licensed doctors, are now responsible, and they can request it. So I see it as a positive, but look, it needed to happen. I mean, it happened with Align, 
it happened with Alinas to, you know, these are class two medical devices. They, they, they are made for regulations and you have to know what's going in patient's mouth. So I'm not against that. I just want to make sure that other doctors understand the process and the opportunities given with an open mind, just like I now have become. Because look, there could be another aligner company that comes up and says, you know, we have this version of doing aligners now, or we have this. And you have to give an opportunity to see exactly what it is that these companies offer. And to me, it's education to this public. It's treatment to the public. And I like to be on the, I always say the cutting edge, not the bleeding edge. So I'm happy. Awesome. And that was a tough question. That was a tough question. I think you, you, you did justice. So well done for taking that, uh, that tough question. Where do you <laughs> think it's going to go in the future in terms of bridging and getting rid of this, uh, if that's the aim, I'm sure it is, animosity that many dentists and orthodontists have towards Smile Direct Club. Like, for example, like on that note, did you feel like you were like entering the dark side initially when you, and you, you yeah. sort of said, okay, I'm going to be a oh, partner? Did you feel oh, like, oh my God, what am I doing? Oh, yeah, yeah. My, my rep, my, my other aligner rep, my Invisalign rep, my, my click rep, everyone. I said, look it, do you see all the logos on my, I have Spark, I have Invisalign, I have ClearCorrect. I'm, I'm agnostic because not every patient is going to accept the type of treatment that I have in mind. Remember, it's it, when you look at it, I have multiple composite fillings that I fill the patients with. There's one that's, that's, uh, that's two millimeter of cure. There's one that's four millimeter of cure. I use some for post. Same thing with aligners. I think Smile Direct Club is perfect for this minor tooth movement, remote type of treatment. And it, it's ideal for the, I, I like to say access to care, but at the same time, I believe the dark side is gonna go away slowly as new doctors come to the market. Like the older doctors, it's very even, it's hard to even convince them about Invisalign. Let's just be straight here. I mean, you get those 30 to 40 year old age doctors, they're kind of okay with the Invisalign. They may not quite understand Smile Direct Club yet, but you get those younger new grads and they've seen social media, they've seen how it works. These doctors are going to change the dental market. I will tell you, my son, I see him, if he becomes a dentist, which I hope, I see him being more behind the computer and setting up, you know, even remote type of treatments than just the way we do it, where we have to have tactile feeling, you know? I mean, you have caries detection that are just simply with a little scanner. You can see caries, you can see, you know, periodontal that's coming out. You have AI happening. You know, Smile Direct Club is actually working on that AI technology right now as we speak. Um, I don't know if I'm overstepping my bounds and telling you, but <laughs> the reality is they're really advancing what I feel is the future of dentistry. Invisalign is doing it. You know, I, I see 3M kind of slowed down a bit. I'm hoping them catching up again. But the reality is that's the future. So I've kind of done away with the older generation of dentists, including myself with the white hair. I think the newer generation are going to have a much easier time accepting and not calling it the dark side. Very good. And would you be willing, Dr. Tai, to take one more tricky question, but I have sugarcoated it. So it's not like the, the question that the, the, dentist, the dentist want me to ask in a specific way, which involves like waiver forms and that kind of stuff. I'm not going to go there. What I, the way I'm going to ask you, the way I'm, I'm not going to go there because I think that'd be unfair to you come and give me a time as a re, as representative of a Smile Direct Club. So I want it to be, it, it puts you in a fair way. So there are some avenues I could take, which would be, I think, unfair. Let me ask you in a fair way, which is okay. even when I do aligners, things sometimes mm -hmm. go wrong. 
Okay. Sometimes my patient uh, ends up with uh, an AOB when I didn't intend for it to happen, or sometimes a posterior open bite, and then I do right. some corrections. Or um, I find that a patient develops, uh, or my colleagues come to me when the patients develop TMD, because that's kind of the thing I'm interested in, and then I'm there to help the patient. Where the most important thing, patient safety. So when things go wrong with, with, with any aligner treatment, okay, and let's say, yeah, you know, let, let's assume, let's make a number, number that 5% of all cases, okay, hopefully not 5%, 1% of all the treatment, treatment I do with the aligners, there'll be a complication. And let's say that we apply that same 1% to, to Smart Rack Club or any brand of, of, of aligners. And then sometimes you need a doctor on board to, to, to help out. How can the uh, patients, the people of the public who uh, get Smart Direct Club with remote doctors get the help they need because sometimes mm-hmm. you need uh, just that a special eye cast on it. So is there a, a dedicated support network and how does it work? Yeah. So that is actually one of the key questions that I looked at at the very first because like I mentioned to you before, my office is Monday through Wednesday, half day Thursdays. They only have access to me three and a half days. That's it. Smile Direct Club has created not just the app, but the portal that 24-7, at any time, they can call customer service. Customer service for triage either goes to a hygienist or to the treating provider. So that portal, if the patient, and I can tell you out of a million five or million six cases, there's going to be a few cases that didn't go the right way. Right away, I, I was actually involved in a, in a, in a um, uh, just doing some consulting with one of the doctors and says, hey, this is a Smile Direct patient and she's getting recession because the teeth are proclining forward. And I said, well, what did they do? They said, nothing. Customer service went to the treating doctor. Treating doctor did a visual, like a a FaceTime or what is it, like a Zoom type uh, (laughs) and, and said, you need to get to a periodontist. You need to stop the aligners, stop where you're at, go to a periodontist. They sent the patient to the periodontist. Periodontist said, yeah, it's proclining. You had recession. There were some app fractions. You know, you just don't go anymore for, forward anymore and start the intrusion. And they brought came back and she started with some intrusion and they stopped. So she wasn't going to really go forward anymore or procline the teeth anymore. And I thought that was a great example of how this 24-7 access to care helps because right away the treating provider, the state-licensed treating provider was actually contacted. That particular doctor has his own practice Asked the patient to come to practice. She's like, I'm like, I'm like 600 miles away. I can't get to you. Then I got to get you a, a, a periodontist. Smile Direct Club aided the patient in finding a local perio. It's the same way if the patient comes to my practice and I get a posterior open bite, how am I going to triage that? Either I have to cut the aligners, I have to do some IPR and bring it back. So in my mind, hopefully those cases don't happen, but out of a million, I'm sure it has, but that's the one story I can tell you that I saw that they took care of it right away. Now, there are patients who don't wear the aligners at all, right? And now you've got a whole different problem, right? They got, now you got to go back and start them all over again. They, they didn't wear the aligner. They have a cavity now. You got to go get clearance. So, but the ones that are active treatment and something goes sideways, they stop right away by contacting Smile Direct Club and they guide the patient which way to go. Who's checking though? Because when I see, and this is just me, pure, just being curious. Like when I, you know, I see my patients every. I know some people are way more remote, but I see my patients every four to eight weeks. You know, depending, I'm just seeing okay, how the how is the tracking going? Uh, any issues and stuff? Uh, do they get like check-ins with a doctor? Do they have a Zoom every six weeks? How does it work? Yes. Yeah, so- 
So the work that the way it works is that they have a little uh, self check that they have these little cheek retractors and, and their own camera. So every 90 days, I think it's like it used to be 90. Now, I think it's 60. They do a little photo. They take the front side side with aligners in, with aligners off upper and lower. They send that in smile direct club at that point has their own um, b- between uh, treating doctors and their own back end because I've seen hygienists, I've seen treatment coordinators that are kind of like watching these patients. From there, if there's a problem, they don't fit the, you know, they don't check box, all the bite is okay and all those things, it goes to now the treating doctor. The treating doctor then schedules a Zoom call or some sort of a communication with the patient to either continue or go to a smile shop, get rescanned. We got to retool it. So they do have self check-ins done through the app. Um, again, it used to be 90 days, but I think they changed that to 60 days now. Okay, brilliant. Um, I really appreciate appreciate your time, Dr. Atai. Uh, and I think it's, um, you know, difficult to, to stick your head up and say, okay, I'm, I'm you know, to, to, to you're brave, I think. Uh, and I thank you for coming to, 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 to speak about a difficult, uh, and I think it's a very uh, sensitive topic, but I yeah. think you represented yourself very well. And like, I'm not here, and I'm just going to put it out there, I'm not here to promote Smile Direct Club. I'm also not here to, 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 to just put you guys down because I wanted a, um, environment like this is a forward thinking podcast that's what Petrusa is about and I want it now, it's, now SCC whether we like it or not you, you're out there you're lining so my perspective I was coming from is like, okay what's the safety like let, let the dentist understand the workflow and so I go away now from this chat thinking okay I'm glad that of all the cases that you see seven or six or seven are rejected and that makes mm-hmm. you feel better. And then those cases that don't get attachments and IPR, I get it. I still have some concerns and, I, and, and that's normal as a dentist to internalize some of the stuff. But I feel as though we've, what we've covered today gives a dentist an insight and they can make up their own mind where they stand. But I do think out, you know, at the other end of this conversation now, I do feel that you have uh, helped the reputation of Smile Direct Club amongst dentists for sure. Uh, and I think you held yourself really well. So I really appreciate uh, the, those tough questions that you, that you answered. Thank you. Are there any points that you would like to uh, finish with while you have the microphone to dentists all over the world? Yeah, so uh, first and foremost, never judge. You have to always, um, again, I'm a practicing dentist and my patients come first, right? Um, And always, always, we have to have the standard of care and financial means balance. So I need to make money in order to keep my doors open at the same time and have standard of care to make sure I treat patients. And that's what I think Smile Direct is doing. I think what they're doing is now... Smile Direct Club is kind of balancing with this partner network, with this uh, educating, with kind of pushing to the dental community that, look, we're not here against you. We're here to actually help you because you're not planning on picking up a car and driving 2,000 miles to some remote area to treat these patients. We're going to bring these patients to you. And I think that marketing itself, again, patient education has really helped I would say the dental industry. We just have to now see how we can create those guidelines to make it fit for us. So there we have it, guys. A perspective from Smile Direct Club. Thank you, Dr. Atai. And like I told you in the intro, I could have approached it in a different way. Like, there are so many things I could say, but okay, I don't want to land myself in legal trouble. I told you that, guys, already. And also, I wanted to respect the human 
the human that was with me and I took I think he took all the questions in good faith he was smiling back and if you're listening to this you didn't see his smile he's very good he was a good sport so let's let's commend that and I think there is a lot more to be discussed in a super private episode maybe one day who knows but I think for a public you know this podcast has gone Spotify and everything so I hope this scratches an itch and gives us some insight into you know I learned a lot in terms of how Smile Direct Club Aligners works okay has it changed my opinion it has a little bit in a way because I like the fact that it rejects a lot of cases and it should and I think it allows for us to have these conversations because like I said whether we like it or not Smile Direct Club are here to stay so let's have those conversations to bridge the gap between them and us and hopefully we can ultimately work up to patient safety the highest level of patient safety so I hope you enjoyed that and I'll catch you in the next one <laughs>